0: and would you listen carefully to these words written by Luke. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I am about to say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning." I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today seeking your word, seeking to hear from you. Lord, we hear all kinds of voices, all kinds of sounds, even noises, all through the week, every day. There's barely a a silent moment. And so today, Lord, we gather in silence to quiet our lips, to still our bodies, to focus our minds, to give the Word of God the attention that it deserves. So, Lord, would you come now by your Holy Spirit and anoint your messenger as I bring this message, anoint the message itself, anoint us all as we listen and hear what it is that the Spirit is saying to the church, even Grace Church today. Open our hearts. Pour your Spirit into us, we ask, and we pray it in your holy name. Amen. Dear friends, what is it that you have really looked forward to? Is there something, some event that you had looked forward to with great anticipation? Maybe it was an anniversary, a birthday party or celebration, maybe graduating from high school, a party. Maybe you're looking forward to Memorial Day weekend or getting a day off from work. But no matter what it was, you looked forward to it with great anticipation. Today's story is set in the context of great expectation. God promised that the Spirit would be poured out long ago, way back in Ezekiel chapter 37. Joel prophesied that God would pour out His Spirit on all people. Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1 verse 4, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. God's people waited for the Spirit. They weren't exactly sure when or how it was going to be poured out, but A good Jewish person, these disciples, they believed that God would fulfill His promises and pour out the Spirit. And guess what? On Pentecost Sunday, the Spirit of God was poured out. Amen? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They didn't all understand it. They didn't know exactly what was happening. This was a loud, mighty, rushing wind. A crowd came together in bewilderment, amazed and perplexed. Tongues of fire descended on them. The apostles begin declaring the wonders of God in languages that they had not studied. They did not know foreign language. Anybody study a foreign language? You know how hard it is. I have trouble enough just with English. Okay. Yes. Right. And these people are asking, what does this mean? Some said these guys have had too much to drink. They're drunk. Heaven is coming loose. Things are breaking apart. What the heck is going on here? Peter stands up to try to explain it to them. These men are not drunk, as you think. It's only nine in the morning. Who drinks that early in the morning anyway? No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. How many of you think we're living in the last days? Maybe. How many of you know this was written like 2,000 years ago? (laughs) These last days are a long time. And Peter's convicting sermon in verses 22 and following in verse 37, it finally says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter simply replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you. For the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You ever get a gift? What's the best gift that you've given, been given? God is giving you a gift. He has given you a gift. But we have to open it. We've heard the Pentecost story a hundred times or more. I know I have but like the people we ask again today, what does it mean? What does it mean for you and me in practical terms that the Holy Spirit was poured out among us? What difference does it make in our day-to-day lives? Today I want to share with you three important meanings, what it means that the Holy Spirit is poured out at Pentecost and upon you and me today too, and I want to conclude this message by sharing three very practical ways that you and I can can open our hearts more to receive more of the Holy Spirit, not only in our lives, but in our church. How many of you think more of the Holy Spirit in your life and in our church would be a good thing, amen? Wouldn't that be cool? Well, sit tight and hold on, because here we go. Three things that it means that the Holy Spirit is poured out on you and me at Pentecost. Number one, we're going to start right at square one, at the basics. It means that God's promises are demonstrated. Say it with me. God's promises are demonstrated. It may seem obvious, but how often don't we forget that our God is a promise keeper there are more than 3,000 promises, by some estimates, contained in Scripture, and each and every one of them to be kept and fulfilled by God in his time. That last little phrase is important, in his time. Sometimes we pray to God, we want everything right now, right here. God, I don't have, I need patience, and I need patience right now. Lord, we just we want to pray, and we want God to answer everything immediately, but friends, it will happen in his time. And nevertheless, God's promises will be fulfilled. Promises that God will be with you. That God will guide you. That God will help you to overcome setbacks and hardships and losses and grief. Promises that God will supply for your needs. That God will forgive you. That God will grant you salvation through Jesus Christ for all eternity. Praises. Uh, Promises, excuse me, from heaven, uh, promises of everlasting life, promises that Jesus is coming again and one day will set things right, and promises that God will pour out His Spirit, which He does at Pentecost. Have you ever made a promise and had a hard time keeping it? (laughs) I think we all do. We're human. There are things that we commit to that we don't follow through on. There are things that we say that we're going to do, but we don't. We might occasionally make vows, even to the church, but we don't always follow through on all of our vows all of the time. Sometimes we forget that we stand somebody up for a lunch appointment or we leave them hanging for a meeting. We make vows, but we just as easily break them. Here's the good news today. God never leaves us hanging. God is never a no-show. He never forgets and He never breaks a vow. He never goes back on His promises and He never leaves us hanging. 2 Corinthians 1.20, Paul says this, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Jesus Christ. All of the promises of Scripture can be fulfilled and contained through Jesus Christ Himself. He is God's big Yes. To all of the promises of Scripture, Pentecost reminds us that God is a promise keeper. Friends, whose word are you listening to in your life? That's the question I want to pose. What word in your life has authority over you? Is it God's word, His promises, or is it somebody else's? It might be what your spouse says about you, and it may not have been kind. It might be what some friend or somebody said to you or posted about you on social media. It might be something that a parent said to you when you were young and you're still haunted by those words and they've affected you even as an adult. Well, friends, the only word that really matters is God's. And God is a promise keeper and we can live and hang on To his promises, the pouring out of the Spirit at Pentecost, number one, very basically, it means that God's promises are demonstrated. Number two, it means that God's power is discharged. Say it with me God's power is discharged. Make no mistake about it, friends, the Holy Spirit was not given merely for personal pleasure or a private, personal, spiritual experience. The Spirit is given publicly and corporately by wind and fire and loud talk and buzzing and confusion and public debate and gathering crowds. It's not just an internal me and my God experience. It is a public thing. It affects us publicly. It is the church of Jesus Christ now going public. It is, and its effect is to draw a crowd, pique curiosity, and create Christian converts On a massive scale, 3,000 in one day, says verse 41. Make no mistake about it, the early church, my friends, it wasn't this nice little huddle of, you know, little small group house church. It was a mega church. It was, in fact, a mega church. The Holy Spirit is God's power unleashed in the world. It is the engine that drives the church forward in mission. Jesus said it in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses. Boy, I am so glad that the growth and the witness and mission of Grace Church is not up to me. As your pastor, it's not up to any one individual here. It's not up just to your consistory elders or deacons or those commissioned to do outreach. It's not on our shoulders. Fundamentally, the church grows and expands not by strategic planning and all of those good things or hotshot preachers and semi-professional bands and all of that good stuff. No, the church is fundamentally moving forward and expanding by the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit's work. We must give credit where credit is due. How else do you explain tongue-tied and timid disciples becoming powerful preachers and leaders in the early church? Think about it. How does Peter go from denying Jesus to proclaiming him boldly? How does Saul go from persecuting Christians to preaching Christ crucified? And how does Grace Church, a relatively small, almost kind of a, a kind of under-the-radar kind of church in the Cedar Valley, how is it that we can make such a big impact through dramas and dinners and outreaches? How do you explain that? Sometimes um, people will say, maybe after a message or so, Pastor, that was a great message. and We really love that. Or Pastor, you're on fire. You know, you know, that was great. It was a great message today. And uh, I say, you know, it isn't me. It's the Holy Spirit working through us, through me. Say, oh, the music was great today, and, and wow, the band sounded great. And say, well, it, no, it wasn't really the band. <laughs> it was the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we don't sound that good, and you guys say, wow, that was awesome. We're like, whoa, that was definitely the Holy Spirit, because it wasn't us. <laughs> right? We didn't, eh, we didn't hit all the right notes that day. And we say we like coming together as a group of Christians. There's, you know, this is fun. It's a Grace Church is a fun church to belong to. No, it's not just that we like each other. We do. We love each other. But there's a spirit of joy. There's a spirit of love and of peace. This is the Holy Spirit at work in our midst. Amen? This is the power of God discharged in our life, in the life of Grace Church, to move His mission forward. Pentecost means that God's power is not only is discharged, excuse me. God's promises are demonstrated. God's power is discharged. And number three, God's presence is distributed. Say it with me. God's presence is distributed. Notice again today's scripture. Verse three, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest, get this, on each of them. Say it with me. On each of them. Verse four, All of them, say it with me, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Say it with me, on all people. The Spirit is given irrespective of age or gender or rank. Remember that old commercial, orange juice? It's not just for breakfast anymore. Well, I'm here to tell you today that the Holy Spirit is is not just for prophets and priests and kings of the Old Testament anymore. The Holy Spirit is poured out on all of God's people. Amen? Amen? Is this not good news? You can drink of the Holy Spirit at morning for breakfast, at lunch, at supper, anytime you want. It's not just for breakfast. That's why Peter would say, repent and be baptized every one of you. Believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that the presence of God is no longer tied to a particular building, or structure, or tabernacle, or temple, or a holy of holy, a certain place, or even one person, the Lord Jesus himself. You see, one of the reasons that Jesus ascended into heaven was so that he could then pour out his spirit on all God's people. That we could experience God's presence not just when we're in, in, in close proximity to Jesus because he is, after all, one person, but now we can experience God's presence wherever we are, all the time, 24-7. Because his spirit is with you and in you. It's why Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 6 19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Friends, you are the temple of the Spirit. God's Spirit isn't isn't any more present in this sanctuary, this building, than He is in any other building. But He's present here because we are here, and His Spirit lives in us. You're the temple. You're the church for God's Spirit to live and dwell. Romans eight eleven. It's why Paul would say, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Say it with me. Who lives in you. In Colossians 1, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. What's a mystery? What, the, what mystery? You like a good mystery? You like mur- murder? You like, this is not a murder mystery. You like mysteries? This is what is the mystery. It is Christ in you. Say it with me. Christ in you. Paul says, look, I, I, I've been crucified with Christ. I don't live anymore, but Christ lives in me. It's Christ. It's, no, how is Christ. Christ isn't physically. It's, no, His Spirit. His Spirit is in His people. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, God's Spirit is living in you. Just say it. Just do it. Say it. God's Spirit is living in you. Some of you hate it when I do that. Okay. All right. It helps get the point across. Jesus by His Spirit is in each and every one of us. It is an amazing truth. It is an amazing comfort He's right here with you. He's your counselor, your comforter, your convictor, your catalyst. He confirms that you are a child of God and He is your forever companion because you are never alone. The Holy Spirit, that third person of the Trinity, He's living in you and He lives in Grace Church. And some of you say, well, Pastor, I don't always feel the Spirit. And that's true. We don't always feel it, it's not about a feeling, it's about a fact. His Spirit is in you. And you say, how can I get more of the Spirit? I want more of the Spirit. Would you like more of the Spirit in in your life? Would you like more of the Spirit in Grace Church? Wouldn't that be really exciting? Three simple ways. Number one, this is going to knock your socks off. Pray. Just ask God for more of His Spirit. Luke, more than any other gospel writer, ties the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to prayer. Acts 1.14, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Acts 1, 24. then they prayed. Acts 2.1, they were all together on the day of Pentecost. You can bet your bottom dollar they were praying. It was one long prayer meeting for 10 days since Jesus had ascended into heaven. He said, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay put and wait for the gift my Father promised you, the Holy Spirit. Luke clearly connects prayer to the power of the Spirit. There is a connection. Here's what James says in chapter 4, verse 2. He puts it real simply. You do not have because you do not ask God. When I first came across that passage, I thought, is it really that simple? Man, I must be a dunce. Here I'm like, I wish I could have all of these things in my life, but I fail to ask God for them. That's silliness. The promise is right there. You say, well, will God give us the Spirit? You better believe it. Luke chapter eleven. Here's what Jesus says: I say to you, ask and it will be given; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives; he who seeks finds; and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? You wouldn't do that, right? If he asks for an egg, we will give him a scorpion? No, that's deadly. If you then, though you are sinners, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your perfect Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who, guess what? Ask him. Who give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Oh, may we ask... May we say, Lord, please come. Fill me today. Lord, I need more of your Spirit. I need more of the fruits of your Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Lord, I need patience and I need it right now. Lord, come and work in me. Fill me with your Spirit. Lord, pour out your Spirit in my life. Pray and ask. Number one, that's number one. Number two, purify. Purify. I've said it a hundred times. Sin and the Holy Spirit do not mix. Like oil and water, the Spirit will not be present where sin is. In Romans 8, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds on, set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The two are different, in other words. There's a, there's a contrast there. Galatians 5, Paul said, "...so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature." You want to know how to conquer sin in your life? Live by the Spirit. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. They don't mix. Which is why Peter would say to the people, repent and be baptized. And then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Is there something in your life? Are you harboring a kind of sin, a kind of a pattern, a behavior, a thought? Is there something that needs to be purged? Plain and simple, if you're harboring sin in your life, engaging in sinful behavior willfully and knowingfully, you will diminish the power and presence of the spirit in your life. It's a fact. And you're going to feel tired a lot. You're going to feel dead and dull on the inside. You'll probably be bored and unmotivated. You will have very little energy. And everything you you attempt to do will be much harder. That's just what it is to to try to live without the Spirit. I know, I've, I've tried to do that from time to time. By contrast, if you purify yourself, purge sin from your life, you will give more space, more room, for the Holy Spirit to fill you. Purify your life and receive the Spirit. Pray, purify, and thirdly, be patient. Say it with me. Be patient. In Isaiah 40, Isaiah writes, God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And the old King James Version said, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It had been 10 days since Jesus had ascended into heaven and said, wait in Jerusalem. And they were waiting. And they were praying. The Holy Spirit isn't given instantly. It's not always on our time frame. We don't just shoot up the prayers. God is not like a big vending machine in the sky that you can put your prayer change in, push a button or pull a lever, and poof, out comes the answer. No. It, what, what I find in my life is that God's Spirit and filling in me, it's much more like a trickle charge. It's not like those instant phone chargers where you can, you know, whoo, like that, and your phone is charged. No. It's, remember the old uh, cables, the old clamps you put on your car battery, and you leave it on overnight? To, to, you remember they used to do that? Uh, It's a trickle charge. More of the Spirit will enter in as the Spirit can trust you. The Spirit may come with mighty rushing wind, but most of the time it comes in a quiet, gentle breeze or a still, small voice, a whisper. God is never in a hurry. We might be, but He's not. Which is why the psalmist will say over and over again, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Be still before the Lord, wait patiently. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. Be still and know that I am God. It's the hardest thing for us to do, is it not? Because I want it now and I want to go. Be still. Wait upon the Lord. When I was in high school, I shared this with you before that we had um, this great chant that our cheerleaders would do, and maybe you had it in your school too. But when we would go to basketball games, sometimes our cheerleaders, you know the fighting zeal chicks, go chicks. Come on now, why doesn't that evoke, you know, something in you? It should, you know, the Fighting Chicks, Zealand Chicks, C-H-I-X, and it was a great, uh, great school. But um, with basketball games, the cheerleaders would they'd kind of chant back and forth, and they'd go, We've got the Spirit. Yes, we do. We've got the Spirit. How about you? And they'd turn and point to the opposing team, and uh, then those cheerleaders, oh, they're talking to us. Uh, yes, 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 we do. We've got the Spirit. How about you? And they go back and forth. Yes, 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 we do. And they go back, and I thought that'd be kind of fun to do today. You know, one side versus, no, okay, we won't do it today. I think that would be really fun, though. I think I would we'd probably remember this message. How about you? We've got the Spirit. And then one of them, we've got more, we've got more. And we've got the most, we've got the most. And they'd keep going back and forth. It was great. Well, friends, Grace Church has the Spirit. The Spirit is here. And he's working. And sometimes it's almost like a mustard seed. It begins very small, and the kingdom of God grows. And, but I wanted to invite Kelly Price to come and share a little bit this morning. So Kelly, why don't you come on up. Kelly is going to share just a little bit about how she sees the Spirit working in our midst uh, lately here at Grace Church. Because there really has been some amazing ways in which the Spirit of God has been working in our midst and so uh kelly thank you for coming kelly came to the early service she got up early this morning and she was at the early service too to share and uh, but thank you for being with us today kelly all about the spirit today we're thinking about the spirit in connection with mission and outreach but how have you seen god's spirit working even right here at grace church over the past months or even year or whatever
1: Um, if I think back, even since the pandemic, um, I just see God working and I tell Pastor Dave quite often and other people that I'm close to at church that God never ceases to amaze me because even during this worldwide pandemic and a lot of our members, you know, we had to quit meeting for a while and some were gone for a while. Some are gradually coming back, but even when we couldn't be together, um, we were always thinking about each other, praying for each other. Um, like if God would bring somebody to me, to my head, I'd say, well maybe that person needs some encouragement today. So I would send him a card or a text or people would actually out of the blue do that with me too and it would just bless my day. So God, I think his Holy Spirit was working. Even though we couldn't be together, um, we were still together as a church family and I, and I just love to see that and i um think god's been working in our new men's ministry um carl and rick um, getting that started back up and it's gradually they're gradually getting a little more men our women of joy group has been gradually growing even through the pandemic and so i just always see god working and it's not always like in my time or my way but he uses other people to show me that he's working. Mm.
0: And sometimes it's through hard times, right? Yes,
1: and through hard times, especially. Even,
0: yeah. even, even through the yeah. virus that yes. we've all been through, and the I virus. think we're kind of gradually getting through that now. We're hopefully yeah. kind of turning the corner and putting that behind us, but yet yeah. we took in, what was it, about 13 new members last year, yeah. despite the virus. I mean, that's really amazing. God is still working and has drawn people into our midst and visitors with us even today. And we're just so grateful for that. Wednesday nights, say a word about Wednesdays. You think God's spirit working there? And
1: Wednesday nights, yeah. Even with our masks on and having this, you know, do things differently, God still kept bringing us kids, kept bringing Amanda and different people that would help out on Wednesday nights because we can always use extra help with the kids. And just getting to know these kids better and their families has been amazing mm, mm, yeah. and stuff. It's just good to, to yeah. be able to do that and be a part of it. Yeah.
0: And how many of you sense the Spirit moving on Sunday mornings from time to time, right? Some Sundays more than others, but it just the Spirit is present. And so we praise God for that. So Kelly, looking ahead now, uh, thinking about how God's Spirit may have an opportunity to work here at Grace Church uh, in connection with our mission or outreaches, Mm -hmm. what are a couple of things that we can look forward to and kind of uh, be praying about in terms of God's Spirit working through us?
1: Okay. Okay. on June 13th, we have our first Sunday in the park. We always need people to come help us canvas um, and hand out flyers um, and be praying over the flyers that you're handing out to people. And um, we need more guys to come early on that Sunday morning to help get stuff over to the park, help set up. Um, and then all of us can just welcome people and, and be there to welcome them in. And then, um, and then the end of July, we'll have our Jesus giveaway, which we right. didn't get to do yeah. last year either, Good. so we're excited Good. about that. So, and yeah. I always need tons of help for that. Um, Pastor Dave and his helpers always get the garage all set up for me, and that's a big help. And then um, on those Tuesday and Thursday nights, Leading up to the Jesus giveaway. I always need a lot of people to help me sort the things that are donated and get them put out. And prayer. Anybody who can't help physically, please just pray how we can reach people for Jesus. Mm.
0: Thank you so much, Kelly. Uh, We appreciate your sharing. And, you know, um, yeah, God's spirit. We we have, for a little church, we we can have a big impact. And I think we do throughout our neighborhood, our community, the Cedar Valley, and even beyond that, yeah. and so you mentioned a couple of premier events that we have coming up, Sunny in the Park, mm-hmm. and the Jesus, Jesus Giveaway, God. and uh, so we're, yeah. we're, looking, we're looking forward to those, and yeah. Kelly and I were thinking, well, what are some very practical things that we can leave you with, and so in keeping with today's sermon, which was brought to you by the letter P, <laughs> We thought, yeah, you noticed, right? So, you know, it sounds like Sesame Street or something, you know. But, uh, you know, we thought there's some things that you can do for the upcoming Sunday in the park, in particular, pray, as we mentioned already, pray, be praying, pray, 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 that God's spirit will be poured out, pray that visitors will come, pray for good weather, but more importantly, pray for the presence of God in our midst on that day. So, pray, pray. Um, Pass out flyers, yep. that was another one yep. we mentioned, right? Yep. And uh, pass out flyers. So, uh, you know, you can do that maybe at your workplace or at a school or you can post a flyer maybe someplace or even in a restaurant or hand them out to some friends or show, share them with family. They're on the table in the foyer. There's plenty of them there. We'll print more as we need them. And so pass out some flyers, that'd be number two. Number three, be present. Be present on that day, June 13. mark your calendar. It's a big day in the life of Grace Church. And we would like all of you to be there, not only to be present, because that just helps with the energy level, but participate. Participate, pitch in. Uh, as Kelly mentioned, there's work to be done yes. on those days in terms of setup and everything else. So uh, so be looking for more information about that coming forward. But um,
1: And also please pray for the praise band this afternoon as they go to Linda's work at the Rose. And we're
0: going to, to the Rose. To encourage
1: them people there.
0: We are, yeah. So yes. we appreciate your prayers. Thank you, Kelly. So very good. How about a little encouragement for Kelly this morning? Thank you for sharing. We welcome again all who are visiting today.